0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Today I Found Out daily knowledge podcast with me, Simon Whistler. And today's bit of daily knowledge is going to be about a guy called AP Giannini, who has been described as the real-life George Bailey. And in today's bonus fact section, you're going to learn a little bit about the aftermath of the San Francisco earthquake of 1906. So let's get right into today's show. The man was A.P. Giannini, who was said to be who Frank Capra modeled the character of George Bailey, as well as the bank president in Capra's 1932 movie American Madness After. At the age of 14, Giannini left school and began working with his stepfather, Lorenzo Scatina, in the produce industry as a produce broker. By the time he was 31, he was able to sell much of his interest in this company to his employees and planned to retire. However, one year later, he was asked to join Columbus Savings and Loan Society, which was a small bank in North Beach, California. Once he joined up, he found that almost nobody at the saving and loan, nor other banks, were willing to give loans to anyone but the rich or those owning businesses. At first, Giannini attempted to convince the other directors at the saving and loan to start lending to working class citizens to give them home and auto loans, among other things. He felt that working class citizens, though lacking in assets to guarantee the loan against, were generally honest and would pay back their loans when they could. Further, by loaning them money, it would allow working class citizens to better themselves in ways they would not have been able to without the money lent to them, such as being able to buy a home or to start a new business. He was never able to convince the other directors to begin lending to the working class. Not to be dissuaded, he then set out to start his own bank. With $150,000 raised from friends and family, Giannini founded the Bank of Italy in 1904, which would be a bank specializing in loaning money to the common man. The first Bank of Italy branch was in a converted saloon across the street from the savings and loan he had formerly been a member of. The assistant teller at the Bank of Italy was the former bartender of that very saloon. He then went about educating the working class on what a bank does and how one could help them. Also, because working class individuals typically worked very long hours, Giannini's banks stayed open until around 10pm every night. At the time, banks traditionally closed around 3pm. More importantly, he also made a practice of not offering loans based on how much equity a person had, but based primarily on how he judged their character. Within a year, Bank of Italy had over $700,000 in deposits from these working class individuals, which is somewhere around $15 million to $20 million today. Two years after the Bank of Italy was founded, the Great San Francisco Earthquake of 1906 occurred, which was a 7.7 to 8.25 earthquake that resulted in 80% of the city being destroyed, over 3,000 deaths, and around 200 to 300,000 of the city's 410,000 population left homeless because of the earthquake and subsequent fires. The Bank of Italy managed to be the only bank able to open back up directly after the earthquake, despite the fact that the bank building itself was unusable. Directly after the earthquake happened, in the very early hours of the morning, Giannini went and sifted through the rubble of his building and gathered two million dollars into a garbage man's wagon, owned by Giabatta Seppellina, whose son would go on to work for the Bank of America because of a promise made by Giannini to Seppellina in exchange for use of his wagon. Zeppelina's son was able to retire from Bank of America at the age of 41. After gathering the money, Giannini then took it outside of town, covered in garbage to protect it. Next, he headed out to the docks and set up a temporary bank with two barrels and a piece of wood as his desk. He then began taking deposits and giving loans to help not only businesses but also the working class so that they'd have the money they needed to rebuild their homes and their lives. At that time, none of the other banks had reopened, and most did not do so for several weeks, so few who kept their money in banks had access to it, and many others had lost everything in fires. Giannini also immediately sent two ships to Washington and Oregon to acquire large amounts of timber to try and work around the inevitable materials shortage that he foresaw. That lumber comprised most of the lumber available in the early stages of rebuilding San Francisco. Because so many had lost everything, including identification papers, Giannini gave these people loans based on nothing but a signature and a handshake. He supposedly never tired of mentioning to other bank bigwigs that wouldn't loan to the common man that every single loan he made that way to so many working class individuals was ultimately repaid in full. During his time with Bank of Italy, and eventually Bank of America as it became, he instituted a variety of practices that are standard among nearly all banks today. He was also a key figure in making California what it is today, including being an integral part of the California wine industry getting started, providing numerous loans to various entities in Hollywood in its early days by starting the Motion Picture Loan Division, which provided loans to many budding Hollywood groups and individuals, including funding Walt Disney's Snow White, when it had gone $2 million over budget, and funded the United Artists, which was founded by Charlie Chaplin, Douglas Fairbanks, and D.W. Griffith. He also loans money to the founders of HP, William Hewlett and David Packard, to start their business. More significantly, he had his bank purchase the necessary bonds to fund the construction of the Golden Gate Bridge and, of course, the aforementioned integral role in financing much of the rebuilding of San Francisco directly after the earthquake of 1906, among other things. By 1930, Giannini had retired once again and this time moved to Europe. However, his successor began running the bank like traditional banks of the day, only lending to the wealthy and well-established businesses. Because of this, Giannini came back to the United States and rallied various employees and depositors to him, with them buying shares in the bank until they owned the controlling interest. He eventually accumulated enough shares owned by working-class citizens who backed him to allow him to regain control over the bank at which point he returned it to its former ways of lending to the little man. He did not retire again. Much like the fictitious George Bailey, Giannini kept little for himself through all of this. Despite the fact that the bank he started was worth billions of dollars at the time of his death, Giannini's entire estate was valued at only $500,000 when he died at the age of 79 in 1949. He avoided acquiring his great wealth as he felt it would cause him to lose touch with the working class. For much of his career, he refused to pay for his work, and when the board attempted to give him $1.5 million as a bonus one year, he gave it all away to the University of California, stating, Money itch is a bad thing. I never had that trouble. And now for today's bonus facts. Number one. After the earthquake, it was reported that only 375 people had died as a result of the quake, and the destruction was largely downplayed by the media due to the government feeling that if the true numbers and level of destruction was reported, the city might struggle to rebuild, with most of its citizens moving away. This actually happened to a certain extent, with many in San Francisco moving to Los Angeles. This resulted in the end of San Francisco as the dominant city in California. Number 2. Interestingly, many of the fires after the earthquake were started by firefighters and citizens on purpose. The firefighters were attempting to use the dynamite to demolish buildings to create fire breaks, but were untrained to do so and generally just started more fires as a result of their efforts. It is estimated that these fires resulted in about 50% of the fire damage to the city, Further, most insurance policies at the time did not cover earthquake damage, but did cover fire damage. So many citizens saw to it that their homes damaged by the earthquake burned down. Number three. In 2010, Bank of America was forced to pay 137.7 million dollars after they were accused by the federal government of defrauding schools, hospitals, and various state and local government organizations by illegal investment practices. Presumably, Giannini is rolling in his grave right about now. You just listened to the Today I Found Out Daily podcast. This podcast is brought to you by TodayIFoundOut.com and is produced by SpokenMatter.com. To get more great content just like this, head on over to spokenmatter.com forward slash todayifoundout where you'll find our brand new 5 hour long audiobook for just $5. And if that's not enough listening for you, Audible are the leading audiobook provider in the world with over 100,000 titles to choose from. Grab a free audiobook on us if you sign up today by going to todayifoundout.com forward slash audible. Thanks for listening.